Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Hello and welcome to episode 99 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, as always, Michael Rothstein, and we are brought to you today by our sponsors, NFL Sunday Ticket, Pharaoh One, and Bet Online. Wanna always, as always, thank them for being kind enough to sponsor this show. And I want to start off with an apology. Because obviously we had some technical difficulties for Monday's podcast. We uploaded the wrong podcast at first. So a bunch of you might have gotten two episodes yesterday in the podcast chamber. I apologize again. Hopefully uh, that didn't frustrate you too much. And you can understand, hey, we're all dealing with technical difficulties from time to time. We got the correct episode up. Hopefully by midday, I believe, and hopefully you enjoyed it too as it wrapped up the first week of training camp for the Lions. The Lions were off on Monday and they get back to practice again today with the last real week of us being able to watch every practice and every snap and every minute. So it'll be really interesting and they're about a little over two weeks away, a little under two weeks away from having to make some really difficult cut down decisions. And it's going to be some really, I think, interesting, difficult things to figure out from the Lions. And that's what we're going to hit on in today's episode. We are going to focus on guys who are on the bubble with the Lions right now after one week of camp guys who surprised and a couple of players who have I would say maybe disappointed a little bit so let's start here and we're gonna go with the surprises and then we'll get in the disappointments and then we'll take a break and then we will get into the bubble guys surprises I think the first one to me is Jamal Agnew and I was really really skittish on him making the move from corner to wide receiver I just thought it screamed of a guy who was trying to figure out some way to hold on to his career for a franchise, trying to figure out some way to use him. And in some ways, I think that's what it was. Although Jamal Agnew said he never had any trepidation going into this move. 
entering a contract year because he felt confident in what he could do. And he's starting to show it. He's made a lot of plays as a receiver. We all know what he can do as a returner. He hasn't had to show that much yet during camp. But it has been his route running and his speed that have stood out. We all knew about his speed, but didn't know really about what his route running could be. And he's been able to run slant routes and caught a lot of passes on that. He's run a lot of go routes. And he's clearly learning as he goes. He knows that. But I would say he's put himself in position, and he's one of the bubble guys, frankly, to make this roster. If I had to pick this roster today on August 24th at night, I would put Jamal Agnew on the roster as both the team's returner and as their backup slot receiver. So to me, Jamal Agnew has had one of the best camps of any player. He's had some miscues here and there. He's dropped a couple of passes. But really, if you're looking at, to me, the biggest surprise of training camp, I think you start there with number 39, Jamal Agnew. Another surprise of training camp for me has been how the Lions have handled Tracy Walker. And that's not in a good way. And yeah, I I think that the Lions are handling this poorly. And now we'll see what they do this week. And we'll see how much of it is true that maybe they're just trying to work different things in. But if in today's practice, Tracy Walker is still running with twos, I just wonder what they're doing. It just doesn't make any sense to me. We talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show that you wonder if this feels like a Graham Glasgow situation again, where they're trying to do something with a player that you know is clearly talented and more talented than the person that he's coming in and replacing. And yet you're not using him. And it goes back to something that Jim Caldwell said uh, when he was talking with Glover Quinn on Glover Quinn's YouTube show. And it goes back to something I've always said, you find a way to work with good players and you want to put good players on the field. You want to put your best players on the field. And to me, when I look at this defense and this safety group, I don't see how Tracy Walker is not one of the best two safeties they have. He, it just still doesn't make any sense to me. And listen, by the time the regular season comes around, Tracy Walker could very, very easily be one of the team's starting safeties. He should be. If he's not, I'll just shrug my, shrug my shoulders and be like, what are you doing? Why? And it's going to be something to monitor, but that to me has also been a pretty big surprise so far during training camp. And I'll give you one more surprise. And this is going to be one I don't think that you have heard of. And it will be Matt Sokol, the tight end out of Michigan State. He slowly started to make his way. And the Lions especially since Hunter Bryant got hurt and we don't know how long he's going to be out. The third tight end spot, I think, is wide open. Sure, they have Isaac Nauta, who they drafted last year, but they used a seventh-round pick on him. He was on the practice squad for part of the year. It's not like they're tied into him. Matt Sokol's played pretty well. He Sure, he has a red don't-hit-me contact jersey and had that for the majority of the first week, but he's come up with a couple of touchdown catches. He's made a couple of nice grabs. I still think if Hunter Bryant can get back and his injury isn't serious, then if you're the Lions, he's probably your third tight end. But Matt Sokol's making a case. He's strung strung together a couple of really good days, but he's got to do it again. He's got to do it again this week. Keep making plays in practice. And if he does, as we've always talked about every year, there's a guy that comes out of nowhere to make 
the Lions roster, whether it's an Adarius Barnes or a Taylor Boggs or a George Johnson, there's always somebody. Sure, you can sometimes see it in preseason games and see how it goes, but Matt Sokol, I think, will be a guy for you to watch maybe and listen to about over the next week or so because I think he's a guy that could surprise some people come this fall if he ends up making the Lions roster, which, of course, there is no guarantees. We'll be back right after this with a couple of more disappointments potentially from the Lions team so far during training camp and then a little bit of a look at some bubble players. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays, they're coming back to the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone, DirecTV, Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And hey, do you have tight muscles? You're getting a little bit older. We all are day to day, but you're starting to feel it. It's tough to get through every day. Everyone gets it. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. It started by Dr. Jason Worsland, who helped found TheraGun, which is popular in every NFL and NBA locker room. And TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help you soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy that we were talking about. So Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments, so he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the United States, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. And now back to our show. So, as I've been talking about, I would want to look at a couple disappointments. The first to me is Jared Davis. And this might not be fair, and I'm sure people will disagree with me here, but the Lions took Jared Davis in the first round. They had really hoped for him to become something. And at this point, I think Jared Davis just is what he is as far as a player. He's a guy that will occasionally be able to rush the passer for you, occasionally be able to stop the run, but he's a liability in coverage. We see it every day during running back versus linebacker one-on-one drills. Every single day, Jared Davis struggles. It's without fail. And I know the Lions posted something about Jared Davis batting a pass. Okay, that's great. But that's one play out of a massive sample size that I have watched over the last three and a half seasons, or three plus seasons, and even more so during this camp. DeAndre Swift is really good as a route runner, but he, every time they match up, he gets the best of him, and it's not even close, and it's not only Jared Davis, or it's not only DeAndre Swift who's doing that to Jared Davis, it's a bunch of guys, and Jared Davis looks in really good shape, he's everything that the coaching staff would want as a player off the field and in the locker room, but on the field, he just kind of is what he is, and he's not a bad linebacker, but he's certainly not 
what I think the Lions had hoped for, Bob Quinn had hoped for, when he drafted him in the first round out of Florida. I just don't really see that to be the case. Another disappointment to me is the punting battle. And this is not because either guy has punted poorly. I think they've both punted well. It's just we haven't seen a lot of it. The Lions, I thought they would run a punt period every day or every other day, especially since there's not preseason games to really work with. And maybe they did that behind closed doors before we got out there every day. But haven't really seen much of it yet. Maybe we will so far this week. But to me, it's a battle that matters for the Lions between Jack Fox and Aaron Sipos. Saw a little bit of it as we hit on the podcast yesterday of what they kind of did to end practice on Sunday. Maybe we see more of that. But I want to see more punting situations. And I might be the only person ever to root for a punting situation. But I want to see more punting situations because I think it will really help the Lions. And I think it's something that they really need to figure out this year and as soon as possible because while it's possible they could keep both punters maybe one on the practice squad you need to figure out who's going to win that job and win that job as quick as possible the other thing that I would say is a disappointment and it's not necessarily a player so much as the injuries the Lions have had obviously Bo Scarborough has barely practiced DeAndre Swift has been out for a couple of days Desmond Trufant hasn't really done much. We haven't seen a lot from him. He's been out a couple days. All these guys couldn't end up back soon. Who knows? Um, But the Lions just, you know, uh, it was to be expected that there be some soft tissue injuries, that some guys would get hurt early in camp. But but it's just kind of disappointing because I wanted to see more of DeAndre Swift, and I imagine we soon will. I want to see what a full running back competition maybe looked like between Kerryon Johnson, DeAndre Swift, and Bo Scarborough. And I just want to see, you know, Desmond Trofant do more here early on. And again, I don't think that he's not going to make the team or anything like that. Desmond Trufant will be on the team. But yeah, just, you know, injuries early in camp. You're always disappointed when you see that. I think the one other spot I would mention player-wise that's been a little bit of a disappointment is Hal Vitae. I just haven't been totally impressed by him so far. Kevin Strzok bowled him over in Sunday's practice. He ended up leaving practice early there and... I just, the Lions paid a certain amount of money to get Vitae. They obviously parted with Rick Wagner, and it's entirely possible that Vitae will end up being quite good. But just so far, in individual work that I've seen, I just haven't been overwhelmingly impressed by the Lions' new right tackle. I haven't been shocked at how he's played on a poor side. He hasn't been terrible, but just kind of from what you maybe thought for what the Lions paid for Vitae, Personally, I thought there would maybe be a little bit more there. And now I just want to hit on some bubble players as we kind of get going here a week in and kind of just a little bit of a quick snapshot of some of those guys throughout the roster, whether I think that they've helped their stock this week or hurt their stock in week one. And we'll start at cornerback where Tony McRae is a guy who helped his stock significantly and he did it all. On Sunday, four pass breakups in tight, sticky coverage almost the rest of the day. He was a guy that came in and you thought, well, maybe possibly he might make the team. He has the connection with Braden Coombs. I think he is a guy to watch here in week two. If he can stack more good days, he might force himself on the roster. 
Sticking at cornerback, Mike Ford is a guy, and I'll put D. Virgin in the same group as him, that they were on the roster last year, but they knew that they'd have to prove themselves, I think, to stay on the roster. I don't know if either one's done enough of that yet, especially because of guys like Tony McRae and Daryl Roberts, who's also in this bubble situation as depth corners. I think Roberts and McRae have had better camps than Ford and Virgin. Again, it's just a week in, but... That's going to be a really tight battle and a tough decision for the Lions. You basically know who their top four are in Desmond Trufant, Jeff Okuda, Justin Coleman, and Amani Awarie. Those seem to be locked in. But other than that, I think it's going to be a tight battle. And I think if you were to rank them as far as who has had the best week so far of this other group of corners, I would go Roberts, McRae, Ford, and then Virgin. Then you go at that point to kind of the defensive line. Obviously, Jayshon Cornell's season-ending injury opens things up a little bit, probably puts John Penasini on the roster, the sixth-round pick out of Utah. But another bubble guy to me was Kevin Strong, who made the team out of training camp last year, and he started the season not at practice, or started the training camp, rather, not at practice. Well, he's come on strong of late. He bowled over Hal Vitae, as we were talking about a little bit earlier on Sunday. He's gotten in the backfield a few times, and at a position where there's not a lot of depth whatsoever behind Danny Shelton and Nick Williams, Kevin Strong might have the inside track to maybe being even the number three defensive tackle at this point now I think this is an area where you could see the Lions end up making a move whether it's a trade or signing a guy who gets cut or something like that or maybe even a free agent at this point to add some depth and bolster that there but to me Kevin Strong might be the number three defensive tackle right now above John Penasini and I think he's put himself in a really really good position we're going to combine Nick Bodden and Jason Cabinda right now you might say, why? Well, Jason Cabinda has mostly worked at fullback. Nick Bodden's barely gotten any work at all. And all of a sudden, what looked like maybe a fullback battle between Bodden and Luke Sellers for the job. Luke Sellers has since been cut, and I think it's Bodden and Jason Cabinda. And I'll tell you what, Jason Cabinda has looked every part of a guy who could end up making this roster. He has special teams value. You can throw him in as a linebacker in a pinch. And guess what? He's shown he can be a good fullback. He's shown some passing skill, receiving skills out of the backfield. He's shown he can be a capable blocker. We saw him play very, 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 very briefly in Week 17 against Green Bay at fullback. But you wa- I've watched him a decent amount over the last few days, and he's done nothing short of put himself in a really good position, I think, to maybe make this team. And that versatility this year is going to be incredibly important when it comes to the Lions, I think it's going to help Jamal Agnew in case there's any question about him. And I think it could help Jason Cabinda. And if I were looking at it right now in a tiebreaker situation, even though I don't even think it's a tie, I think Cabinda's done enough. I would give it to Cabinda over Bowden because of his versatility. The offensive line situation, Jonah Jackson, the right guard. Joe Dahl seems to be the left guard. Behind him, Kenny Wiggins, Odea Boucher, Bo Benchwall. Like, this is the group, right? I don't know if you can really say at this point what's good. Logan Stenberg as well. Logan Stenberg will be on the team. They drafted him in the fourth round. They've been working him as a backup center. Uh, He can also play some guards. They're trying to figure out a way to cross-train him and find some versatility. He's not going to win a starting job. But 
And he's got a long way because he's got a ways to go, especially if they're going to try to make him into a center because it's just not been going all that great. But I think you're going to see Ode Abouche and Kenny Wiggins really have a shot to make this team and maybe be on this team because offensive linemen are going to be important. You're going to need them. And all of those guys can play. Both Abouche and Wiggins can play left and right. Wiggins can play center in a pinch. He can even play tackle in a pinch offensively. And if you remember last year, they were working him a little bit at defensive tackle just in case. So Kenny Wiggins can play a little bit everywhere. So I think both of those guys, they haven't been bad. They haven't really gotten much of an opportunity with the number ones. But they haven't done anything to say, okay, they maybe won't be on the team. So I think you could see a guy like Bo Benchwall end up being as the odd guy out, but once again end up on the practice squad when I look at the offensive line situation. But again, I think that that's a little bit difficult to judge just in general. At linebacker, we already hit on Jason Cabinda, and the question will be, if he's able to go be a fullback and a linebacker, does that mean that Jalen Reeves-Maben ends up making the team? He's had he's flashed really well. He's had some really big plays in camp, especially early on. He had a couple really strong days. And then he's still one of the Lions' better special teams players. They know what they're getting out of him. And he might be putting himself in a decent position to make the roster. The question will be, do they keep him or do they keep Elijah Lee? I don't know if they would be able to keep both of them, have room for both of them on the roster. They obviously signed Elijah Lee this year, but Reeves Maven's a guy who's been a special team standout for a while, and you just have to wonder what they're going to do there. But I think Reeves Maven has played fairly well. I think there might be a little bit more of a battle at long snapper than one might realize. I think Stephen Wardle has gotten a lot of reps, and they're clearly giving him a pretty good look. Now, maybe this is a situation where you try and put Wardle on the practice squad because you're going to have an expanded one and you need a long snapper in case Dom Mulebach were to come down with COVID or get hurt. So maybe you do that and kind of do what maybe they tried to do with Jimmy Landis when they drafted Jimmy Landis, except this isn't a draft pick, which is let let Wordle learn for a year under Mulebach with the thought that he would take over for him in 2021. Listen, Don Mulebach's 39 years old. You have to wonder how much longer he's going to want to do this. You have to imagine this season has already been hard on him between being away from his family and the COVID crisis and the fact that he had to really think about whether he wanted to come back this year in the first place. So while I think Don Mulebach would still win this job, it's not to me 100% guarantee. I think that you could end up seeing Stephen Wardle at least push him a little bit and maybe be the heir apparent to Don Mulebach and the Lions maybe take advantage of that expanded practice squad along with understanding the realities that are COVID. Punter, both these guys, we talked a little bit about it. I don't have much to add from the other day. I think it's still a coin flip at this point. I would still go with Aaron Sipos just because I think he has a little bit more versatility with his type of punts, but Jack Fox can boot the ball a long way, and that's that bubble position there. At quarterback, I think the question on the bubble is whether or not the Lions keep three quarterbacks. If you told me at the start of camp, I would have said, I don't know. The only reason I think they would is if they don't think they can get sneak David Blau through because there's significant tape on him from last season. But I'll tell you what, everything I've seen from David Blau during camp tells me that he should be on this roster. Yes, it might not make a ton of sense to keep three quarterbacks, but Matthew Stafford's had injury issues. 
Again, you don't know the situation with COVID. And David Blau throws a pretty good deep ball, way better than I anticipated, way better than I even realized last year. He's had some really good moments during camp. He's had some bad ones too. He's had some really poor throws at times, but I don't think he's been that much worse than Chase Daniel. And Chase Daniels had a good few days, so that's not a knock on David Blau. I think David Blau is showing that, yeah, there is a potential for him as an NFL quarterback in some form or fashion, even if it just means a backup for a while. At running back, the questions have been about Ty Johnson and Jason Huntley and Bo Scarborough. Bo Scarborough's obviously been out for a few days. Jason Huntley missed Sunday's practice, although one would expect he should be back today, but we'll see on that. And then there's Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson's gotten a ton of reps because of injuries to Scarborough and DeAndre Swift and wanting to imagine, manage carry on Johnson's carries. And Ty Johnson has looked good. I, I think he's ran the ball well. He's shown he can pa- catch the ball in the backfield. He's doing everything he can to help put himself on this team. The question will be, will the Lions keep four running backs or five running backs and what does that look like now if Bo Scarborough ends up out for a while then that might make the decision a little bit easier but there's one other guy Jonathan Williams who they signed out of, uh, off of the street out of Arkansas a fifth year pro that has played pretty well now maybe Jonathan Williams ends up stealing Bo Scarborough's spot I don't know but it's going to be a really interesting battle here and I think if you're Bo Scarborough at this point as soon as you're healthy you want to get back in there because otherwise you might see Ty Johnson and or Jonathan Williams play well enough to make the Lions really really think about where you fit on the roster and that's not a knock on Bo Scarborough because I think he's a good running back the other guy obviously is Jason Huntley and he has been really really dynamic as a receiver is obviously a fifth round pick he had some issues and struggles catching punts uh, earlier in the week during a live period he lost two of them that can't help him especially when you have Jamal Agnew already on the roster as the incumbent and we haven't seen him run the ball too much but his primary value is going to be as a pass catcher out of the backfield he's been dynamic there so I think the Lions will end up keeping him but again you throw that all together and say well maybe they want as their fourth running back or third running back more of a, a guy who can run and run harder, and maybe that ends up being Ty Johnson over Jason Huntley, or Jonathan Williams, or you know maybe Bo Scarborough's done enough. So all of that it, to me is is super interesting, and it's just going to be something to watch. Uh, tight end we covered a little bit earlier when we talked about Matt Sokol. I don't know what they're going to do. I think it's going to depend on how serious Hunter Bryant's injury is, and I think the Lions kind of go from there. And receiver things seem to be shaking out. And, and I think right now, if you ask me who's going to be on this team as a receiver, you've got Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola, Marvin Hall, likely the fourth receiver on this team. And then I think they keep Quintus Cephas and Jamal Agnew. I really can see them keeping both of them. Agnew, again, if he ends up being the returner. But also, he's shown enough, I think, as a receiver that he's going to force his way on the team. And Cephas has been fantastic as a route runner and a pass catcher over the first week. So both of those guys, I think, have really shown that they belong. And Marvin Hall has been fine as well, and he offers a different dynamic as far as speed. I mean, I would say it's entirely possible if Marvin Hall has a bad second week of practice, maybe Jamal Agnew passes him. But they also play different types of positions. Agnew would be more of a slot. Hall can play on the outside. And the Lions don't really have a 
clear-cut outside receiver beyond their starters other than Hall at this point. And I just don't know if I see Jeremy Davis or Chris Lacey making the roster. Lacey's had some nice plays, but I just don't think it's been enough. Remember, the Lions already cut him once. So I just don't think that that's going to happen. And with that, that is our wrap on today's show. I want to thank my sponsors, Thera One, Bet Online, NFL Sunday Ticket. Also want to thank Regents Field and Blue Wire for hosting this podcast. I want to thank my producer, David Woodley. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein. Lions are back at practice today, 1030 in the morning. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram for some photos and videos. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the for titles right now. And our partners at Online, they have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. Major League Baseball season's pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino, it never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go online to betonline.ag. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.